Hi, my name's Thad Lanthrop. I am the executive pastor here at CIV. I'm glad that you could be with us as we continue on in our Enough message series. The theme verse for this message series is Ecclesiastes 5.10, and it says, Whoever loves money never has money enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with his income. Now, I don't want to never have money enough. I don't want to never be satisfied with my income. So it's really important to understand what, what's being talked about here. How can we have enough? Well, this verse was originally written in Hebrew. And the Hebrew word for love there is it's basically uh, the verb that is equivalent in English for to love. And it's the sense of having a strong emotional attachment to or a desire for to either possess or to be in possession of the object of our love. Now, this same word is used for romantic love in different parts of the Bible. And using this word, it shows us the power that money can have on our life. There can just be this strong emotional pull towards our money. There's this trust that we can transfer to our financial situation. Financial stability, it can become our God, the thing that makes us feel safe, the thing that provides peace or enjoyment in life. And today we're looking at, am I saving enough? That question can cause a lot of angst. What is enough savings? How much do I need to have in my bank account or be setting aside for retirement or for other financial goals, a lot of times we, we can go, go to the experts to figure out, okay, how do we save enough? What What is uh, enough to save towards our retirement or a house or our kid's school or the next car purchase? Or The, the list can go on and on and on, and it can never feel it, like enough. Well, God gives us the perspective for figuring out, am I saving enough? And it starts by recognizing that God's current financial provision for my life is enough. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. As we seek first God's kingdom and righteousness, he provides what we need. He gives us enough. And as we dig into the Bible's teaching about money, we find that the house of the wise have more than enough. Proverbs 21.20 says, In the house of the wise are stores of choice food and oil, but a foolish man devours all that he has. This is the first principle for am I saving enough? This is not a promise that we're going to become extremely wealthy if we choose to live wisely, which means to live life God's way. It's not a promise for that. It's God's will for some people to be extremely wealthy. It's his will for others to not be as wealthy. That's for him to decide. But this passage, what it's doing, it's not promising us extreme wealth. It's promising us that if we live life in line with the wise patterns, then we're going to have more than enough. If we live life in line with the foolish patterns, 
We're not. We're going to be devouring everything that we have and not have enough for, for what we need. See, the foolish, they devour all that they have. Have you ever spent your paycheck before you've received it? I've done that a few few times. I get excited about a purchase and um, I spend it before I actually have it deposited into my account. I did that with my engagement ring purchase for uh, my wife, Gina. I saved up some money, but then I got to the ring store and realized, well, the one I really wanted to get her was more than the money I had saved up. So I did some calculations and figured out, okay, if I spend this much, then um, I'll, I'll have enough after my next paycheck to pay back the credit card. And that's what I did. Spent the money before I had it, just boom, hit the bank account and gone. Paid, paid the credit card bill. Proverbs 21.20 is saying that the foolish continue to do this type of thing over and over and over again. The more they get, the more they devour, the more they swallow up, and it just keeps going and going and going and going. But the house of the wise has stores of choice food and oil. The implication of this verse is that the wise person chooses self-control and they can accumulate wealth slowly over time. So this begs the question, if living life God's way is going to help you to accumulate wealth over time, then how do we do it? How do we save the way that God's talking about? What are the principles behind it that really motivate us to choose to, to live in line with God's ways when it comes to, am I saving enough? Well, let's take a look at some reasons to save. And the first is to get prepared for winter. Proverbs 6, 6 and 8, 6 through 8 says, Go to the ant, O sluggard, consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief, officer, or ruler, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. God uses the natural world to point out truths that he has made in reality. And in his infinite wisdom, he, he's pointing to the ant in this passage in Proverbs. The ant works diligently in the summer as it's harvest time, storing up food for the winter when there's not food for them to gather. They get prepared. They, they know that winter is coming. And instead of just eating all the food that's available to them during the summer, they set some aside for when they know they're not going to have, have food in the winter. It's interesting to look historically at the personal saving rate in the US. This rate is the percentage of uh, money of percentage of people's income that is remaining each month after taxes and spending. Take a look at this graph from 2000 until now. What you see here is there's these three gray columns and those represent significant financial events. The first gray column is the dot com tech bubble burst in 2001. The second gray column is the housing market crash in 20, 2008, 2009. And then the last gray line is, is COVID. And what you see in these lines is there's these spikes of saving that happen and then it continues for a while after and then it kind of plateaus. You see, when these financial crises happen, we all realize, wait a minute, we need to be saving. We need the, the money that has been coming in, and I've just thought will just keep coming in. It might dry up. It might not come in. And so these people realize this and save more. And then it, it 
we kind of lose our perspective on that after a while. Well, the Bible is telling us and pointing to the ant to show us, look, there's going to be seasons of harvest where there's more finances. There's going to be seasons where there's less. There's these unexpected, expected events that are going to happen that you need to save for. Dave Ramsey is uh, someone who's developed a, a process for helping people get out of debt and then uh, to accumulate wealth. He, he's got a radio show, got all kinds of books and things. And his first step is to save an emergency fund, save a thousand dollars so that when these unexpected, expected expenses, we don't know when they're going to come, but there's going to be something that pops up that we need to pay for. When those come up, you can pay out of that emergency fund rather than stopping the progress that you're making towards either paying down debt or saving towards something that you need or retirement or something like that. That's a wise approach. That that approach follows this principle of winter is coming, that the ants are getting ready. So we need to prepare and set aside some money for when those types of events happen. The next reason to save is to make the most of opportunity. 2 Corinthians 9, 12 through 13 talks about this. If we keep our finances razor thin, then we're going to miss out on opportunities like we see in this, this verse. It says, so two good things will result from this ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met, and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. As a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God for your generosity to them and to all the believers will prove that they, that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. So here we see there's this opportunity to give the, the, Believers in Jerusalem are taken care of by the Corinthians' generosity. This is pointing them towards God. This is, this is pointing them to give thanks to God. God is using their generosity to, as, in this opportunity to help these believers in Jerusalem see more of God's ways and how he works. We're actually living out this reason right now here at Church in the Valley. In 2015, Pastor Randy decided to start a building and expansion fund for our church. And the people of CIV started giving towards it. We didn't know what opportunity might come, but we, we started to give towards this fund and money started to come in. Take a look at this graph. You can see that over time, there's a steady flow into this savings um, fund. And there's spikes there, but then there's some steady growth and sp- another spike. And we didn't know what God had in store for us. We didn't know if the opportunity would come in 2015 when we started the, the fund or in 2050. But felt like God wanted us to set some money aside to get ready for a building lease or to buy something. And what happened was in 2021, we got the opportunity to be in a lease building where we can make it our own. And we had the money set aside 
and ready to go to take advantage of that opportunity and start to renovate, which is is happening this weekend. They've started to renovate uh, the building. I'm not saying this is how it always is going to work out for Church in the Valley or personally, where we start to set money aside and then we have it for the opportunity. Sometimes there's opportunities we have to raise money quickly to take advantage of the opportunity. That happens. But the people who can give to opportunities when they come up are the people who've set aside money, they've prepared, they've been ready and, and waiting for when that opportunity might come up. Another reason to save is to lay up reward in eternity. Luke twelve nineteen through 21 says, And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, drink, eat, be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. Saving and fi- savings and financial goals can take on a life of their own. Like the Roland that we talked about, am, am I saving enough? It can bring this, this angst, you know, am I saving five times my burn rate or whatever they were talking about in that Roland? It, it was confusing. <laughs> um, but if we get that goal, and and we lock in on it, it can be so easy to think we've got to get this squared away before I can do anything to give towards God or the needs that I see people are having. Luke 12 gives us a picture of a man who worked extremely hard to get everything set up so that he could relax and eat and drink and be merry. And I've had that perspective on on my finances before. I think if I could just get this emergency fund saved and set up, then then I'll take advantage of opportunities to be generous with people. But then there's retirement savings that needs to happen. And then there's savings for a, a car that, that is getting old and I need to get ready for that next thing. There's always something that keeps popping up for me to save towards. Luke 12 is saying, we don't know the number of days that we have on earth. So we can't say that I'll I'll get around to being rich towards God later after I get everything all squared away and set up. We need to simultaneously be storing up treasure in heaven while we save and prepare for winter or to buy up for opportunities in the future. The wise don't just devour and swallow up their paycheck and their, their resources. The wise set aside some of their income for times when resources are going to be more scarce. They also set aside some of their income to prepare for opportunities, and they remember all the while to be rich towards God while they're accumulating these these savings. This is great perspective, really helpful for us as we look at, am I saving enough? takes off some of the pressure of, trying to get the exact right number, we can trust that God will take care of us as we set aside what seems to be prudent for the winter and we buy up opportunities and lay up treasure in heaven. God will take care of us. So how how can we practically do this? Well, the first thing for how to save is to put God first. This seems like an interesting first point, doesn't it? Okay, how do I save? Well, put God first. 
Well, we need to put God first in everything. And when it comes to our money, we can really see that not putting God first can have a, a devastating effect towards the goal, even the goals that, that we have, just like in other areas of life. We're going to look at a, a verse in, in Haggai and um, what happens in Haggai when they didn't put him first. The background for this passage is that God's temple is in ruins and the people have said, it's not time to rebuild. It's not time to, to take care of that. And look what God says in Haggai 1, 3 through 6. Then the Lord sent this message through the prophet Haggai. Why are you living in luxurious houses while my house lies in ruins? This is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. Look at what's happening to you. You have planted much but harvest little. You eat but are not satisfied. You drink but are still thirsty. You put on clothes but cannot keep warm. Your wages disappear as though you were putting them in pockets filled with holes. God is connecting the dots for his people here. He's saying that the things that you are experiencing are not accidental. You eat, but you're not satisfied. You drink, but you're still thirsty. And it goes on to say the wages just disappear like there's there's holes in their pockets. This is something that happens when we choose to store up treasure for ourselves in the wrong order. It doesn't satisfy. We need more and more and more. Our wages disappear like our, our pockets are just filled with, with holes in them. So the first step to save is to put God first. We've been talking about the 10, 10, 80 principle in this message series. Give 10% tithe to the church. Give uh, Save 10% and then live off of 80%. It's so tempting to cut out that 10% tithe to the church and think, oh, just this month, I'll get back to it. Or it, it doesn't matter that that much. But God is telling the people in Haggai here, you, these things you're experiencing is because you're not, you're not putting me first. You're choosing to store up treasures for yourselves while, while not rebuilding the temple that is lying in ruins. So we need to put God first. If we don't, it leads to these frustrations in our finances. And the next how to save is to know your financial condition. Proverbs 27, 23, and 24 says, Be diligent to know the state of your flocks and attend to your herds, for riches are not forever, nor does a crown endure to all. This verse says that riches, they, they are no last forever, and saving is not something that is just going to happen on its own. It takes diligence to understand, okay, what is our financial condition? Where are we, where are we at right now? And then it takes perseverance to implement our plan to save as we, as we hit these times where there's unexpected expenses and things that, that are going on. When I first started taking complete responsibility for my finances after college, I quickly found out that there was uh, just, it was more complicated than I thought. My plan was, ah, I'll just keep an eye on my balance on online and uh, I can, I can make sure that I have enough money. Well, the first or second rent check that, that I wrote, I realized quickly that I didn't have enough money to cover it in my account. I thought I did, but another check that I had written that I forgot about 
cleared. And I was in a mad scramble to figure out how am I going to make sure that this check doesn't get, doesn't get, uh, returned back and the, my reputation with the leasing company that we just started is ruined. I was scrambling to figure it out. I don't even remember how it all worked out, but, but I know we were still able to live in that apartment. So that was good. Um, but I realized, okay, I've got to get a handle on my financial condition and figure out how to keep a good, a good view on what's going on in all of my different accounts and things. So I started using Quicken to keep track of my, my finances. I can put in multiple accounts, write down checks when I write them. It's been a helpful thing for me. There's other things to use that might be helpful for keeping track of your condition, like Mint or YNAB, you need a budget, or every dollar is another app, or uh, maybe Excel spreadsheets or something like that can help you to keep track of your financial condition. One of the things that happened as I started to keep better track of my finances was I started to spot trends. And one of the things that kept coming up was there were these expenses that were normal, but it would, it would hit me by surprise in ways, uh, annual expenses, things like AAA, um, annual membership fee, or I had to buy a couple sets of tires within a couple years and those were big hits. And so what I started to do was I realized, Hey, these are coming. They're, they're regular. And so for like tires, I just set aside $20 a month to get ready for the next set of tires that I need to buy. Knowing the condition of our flocks is necessary for realizing how much can we realistically save here. Otherwise we we're saving, but then we get hit with these normal expenses and we realize, okay, that's not really savings. That's just part of our normal operating budget. So we got to take some time, understand the condition of where things are at, and then to figure out, okay, how much can I realistically save here? We're all at different spots in our finances. Some people make more money. Some people make less. The key is to keep our priorities in order, to really understand our financial position, and then ask God for wisdom for how we can steward the resources he's given best in our life. And then after we have put God first and after we we really know our financial condition, we want to aim to make progress little by little. Proverbs 13:11 says wealth gained hastily will dwindle, but whoever gathers little by little will increase it. This is encouraging. It's not going to happen all at once. And actually, this verse says if it does happen all at once, that, that, that could dwindle over time. But whoever gathers little by little will increase. This is the pattern for saving that, that we see in Scripture. Over time, little by little, savings and our wealth can increase. Look, look at this graph. If you save $50 per month for 30 years, that's a total of $18,000 that you've invested but if you make a 6% return on that, then you end up with a little more than $50,000. So just little by little, saving $50 each month, it can turn into this sizable amount. Little by little, over time, our wealth is growing as we, set, as we use self-control and set aside money to save for the winter that is coming or retirement or whatever 
it might be. Now, these types of graphs, they can be encouraging. If you're younger, they can be discouraging. If you're older and you realize I don't have that much time to put this money aside to save, I hope that you're not discouraged or um, if you feel like you're past the point of being able to save enough for retirement or whatever financial goal that you have, the thing is God promises to provide enough as we put our trust in him first. So set out to be faithful in what in, in stewarding your finances moving forward. Put God first. Know your financial position. Aim to make progress little by little, and God will help you as you do that. And there's this peace that comes from handling our finances God's way. The emotional pull to love our money, it becomes less and less over time. We are able to save for important things while also giving towards God and being a part of the work that he's doing at the same time. God knows that there's going to be times in life where we have more that, that we can save. There's going to be other times where we have less that we can save. But if we put our trust in him, then he will provide enough for us as we seek him do his will, and handle our money his way. Each week we have a next step that you might want to take in response to the message. Here's three next steps that might you might want to take in response to the message today. The first is to follow the ant's advice and establish an emergency fund. Maybe you want to make sure that you have that squared away if you haven't done that already. Or determine how to blend saving with being rich towards God. That's a hard thing to navigate and figure out as we're, we're trying to figure out, okay, how much is saving enough? How much, when, when do I take advantage of opportunities, uh, to, to give over and above the normal tithe to the church? How do I, how do I do this? How does, this, how does this happen? Maybe you want to get with somebody, ask them some questions. How, how have you figured out how to do this in your life? That could be helpful. Um, that might be a next step that you want to take is to figure this out. And then the last next step is just a blank one. Fill in the blank. God uses his word to speak to us in in different ways. Um, It's amazing how we hear the same verse, read the same verse, and God speaks to us with different different parts of the verse. And so there's a blank one that maybe God's spoken something differently to you that you want to write down and remember and put into action this next week. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you so much that you are um, in charge of all the finances. We can trust in you, and I pray that you'd help us to trust in you and that we would put you first, that we would um, save what it is that that we should be saving um, at, at each of our different points in life, and that you would just help us to steward well the finances that you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen.